How's it going, everybody? Uh, which way do I look? This way. Um, so we're doing this thing now where for every blog that we write, um, we are um, we are setting it up so we have audio and video going at the exact same time. So uh, I have someone who interviews me on each topic going forward so I can provide a video and an audio version uh, of my opinions on the topic. Uh, so this person wanted to remain uh, anonymous, so we're going to uh, keep her name out of it. Uh, but um, at the end of the day, for me, it's a better way to, I guess, get my thoughts across on whatever issues uh, you know, we're talking about in the lacrosse world, in the sports world, uh, and anything. So this will go on podcasts. This will go on YouTube. Um, it is kind of a funky interviewing method and I'm definitely not comfortable with it at the very beginning so bear with me in my answers uh, but I'm sure as time goes on I will get better at it so uh, I hope you guys enjoy it uh, if you want to go read the blog it's definitely we do a better job of writing the blog than I do probably interviewing uh, but you know people like to consume information in various ways and so hopefully we get better as time goes on uh, but this is going to be the first one um, as we move forward we'll get better and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. So here we go. Um, so we're talking about the recruiting landscape and process. And um, so how do you think that it's different from the past? And, you know, we'll start with how is it different rules wise? Yeah. So, well, obviously the rules now are significantly better. Um, they changed a little while ago, as most people know. And I think what's occurred here, based on some of the things I've read, is though kids can't commit technically, uh, there are still definitely like backdoors and loopholes. And I would imagine college coaches are still talking to club coaches uh, about commitments and things like that. So how is it, you know, how has it helped? How, how has it helped? Well, I think it's helped a ton because, um, well, it's going to help a ton because there's still some aftermath kids who committed when they were younger and you see them decommitting and things like this. Right. I know when I was playing, um, it, I, kids weren't really committing until God's senior year. I know I didn't commit until my senior year. And and uh, even that I still had no idea what I wanted to do back then or where I wanted to go to school and why um, I figured it out pretty quickly. But I think having those uh, uh, you get to go on five trips basically to schools five visits as they as they call them and I, I i hope that starts to get utilized again because the five visits are so great because you actually get a taste of the school now they always put their front foot forward when you fly out to visit that school so just because you have a good time at a at a school you're really just there to quite frankly party and have a good time um i know you're supposed to learn a lot and things like that uh but at the end of the day you know they're trying to swoon you so I think that might start to come back into play a little bit more. The visits have occurred more, um, more uh, after kids have already committed, so they didn't really matter. Um, I, I hope kids start thinking about those visits and, um, you know, making, making use of them and actually utilizing them properly because I didn't utilize them properly when I was growing up. So um, I, think that's a, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know. And how have factors or environmental factors like social media um, impacted the process, whether, you know, coaches are using them in addition to visits or kids getting a different impression of schools from what they mm -hmm. tweet or post? How do you think that the current environment changes things? 
I think the current environment is awesome in so far that there are no more excuses. And at the end of the day, there never was excuses. Um, people would always say, oh, I'm from here. I'm from there. Uh, therefore, I don't have the connections. Right. So I was from in the middle of nowhere, New Hampshire, and I was heavily recruited. And and, uh, you know, that's just because I made the best of my opportunity. Did I have to go to a recruiting camp to be seen? Yeah, but I only went to one. And now with like YouTube and social media and all this stuff, anybody can be seen anywhere. And so for can help with all all these restrictions that people might find, uh, they, you know, lacrosse is so expensive now. I, I think, uh, you know, nowadays it's just so much easier and it's better. It's a good thing. It helps grow the sport. Uh, you see colleges now um, advertising on these platforms, you know, for the kids. So the, the colleges are actually pushing instead of pulling. Whereas before, you know, you'd have, for example, Camp Top 205 and you would have to go to them. Now, they can come to you a little bit more, uh, which is a good thing. And if they like what they see, whether it be online or offline, and you like what you see, whether it be online or offline, uh, I think that's a, that's a healthy thing. I know a lot of people, you know, don't really care for social media, and neither do I personally, but um, I think there's a lot of benefits to it, you know, when it comes to recruiting. A pretty big decision, or you have to make a lot of decisions at an age where maybe mm -hmm. you're not prepared to so do you think that the new recruiting rules are you know helping kids make the best decision in the long run um i think it could i think it again i i still think like it's it's got to be almost impossible to mitigate this backdoor stuff they you, you know the, so many of these club coaches are buddies with a lot of the college coaches and so a college coach might say to that club coach, hey, tell Johnny I'm super interested. All the deals can still occur. Now, a verbal commitment won't be as verbal, meaning like the, the, the athlete won't let um, the world know that they've committed, where we've even had eighth graders commit uh, in the past. So that's a good thing, right? Um, but so it makes it a little bit harder. That, that's what I mean by it's a good thing. It makes it a little bit harder. Um, but I don't think that um, I, I, I struggle to believe it's actually going to change a whole lot. Uh, I think Lars Tiffany had a good point, the uh, Virginia coach, that if after, what is it, September 1 of their junior year, the kid commits right away, you know something's up. You know the kid's been talking to this coach at Notre Dame or whoever it is. It doesn't really matter where it is. But you know that that kid's been talking to them for a while. If they commit the day after, if they take some time, go on some visits, right, unofficial visits at, at that time, I believe it is, then you can you can maybe safely assume that they started actually being approached by these coaches, you know, indirectly and directly. And, and so 
I think it'll help a little bit, but I there will always be that backdoor. You know, there there will always be bathroom deals and things like that occurring. Yeah, I mean, do you kid? Do you think kids want that? Don't want to have you know September first of their junior year be the first that they're hearing from people? Because I mean, there was just one. Um, one student mentioned in one of the articles who was like, I don't know who wants me. I don't know where I'd want to go. So do you think they want to hear a little bit earlier? Yeah, I think it's an ego boost. I, I believe that um, for, for kids who have their heads on their shoulders, I think they view this new rule change as a good thing, for sure. Uh, I think uh, uh, for kids who need their egos, I think they're probably bummed. Um, for the kids who are maybe a little insecure about where they stand in the landscape in the landscape of you know recruiting or how they might not know how good they are or whatever the case may be, I'm sure they're relieved as well because uh, it gives them more time to develop and all these good things. Um, but as a whole, um, it's such you know to be a freshman in high school and to say like you've committed to Syracuse is pretty impressive, <coughs> right? So. Um, I, I got to imagine, you know, that's going to inflate someone's, somebody, one's ego quite a bit. So I, I, I can't, I don't know how many, you know, like what percentage of kids might like this rule change. But I know when I was in high school, if I were in high school now, for example, and I grew at the same rate and I developed at the same rate, I would be psyched because when I was a freshman in high school, I was a twerp. I'm, I'm still a small guy, but, um, but I was a twerp, and I never would have been recruited my out of my you know freshman year. Um, I it, it definitely took until my junior year to actually develop, and I was lucky I played when I played because, um, you know the the timeline for recruiting lined up exactly with my development. You know I grew at the right time, I I matured at the right time, and I I I, I have a hard time um, believing that that delaying the recruiting process is a bad thing. I don't see how it could possibly be a bad thing. I'm just not so sure a lot of kids uh, will see it that way. Mm -hmm. Do you have any yeah. suggestions for improvements then? I mean, do you think it's totally fine the way it is or anything that you see that could be changed? Uh, you know, in all honesty, I don't know. Uh, I like this, but I don't think it really makes any difference. I mean, you saw a bunch of great programs plummet when they were recruiting early. It's because they're bad at picking stocks. You know, they just, you know, guys, certain kids were good at an early age. And as time went on and they went into their junior and senior years, they kind of plateaued. And they had committed to whatever program and they go and they don't pan out. And what you actually found was a lot of coaches that were running like these mid to lower tier division one programs they love the rule the way it stood because or the lack of rules i should say because they got the leftovers and oftentimes leftovers ended up being a lot better so i know after you know lars tiff uh, the virginia coach and i know he told me that when they when they uh when they voted on this a lot of those lower tier d1 program coaches voted against the rule. Getting such good players that just had developed later, and um, and whether it be Hopkins or some other big time program, they were already filled up by the time these kids hit their junior year, and they're like, our class is already filled, like we can't take anymore. And so, you know, because just 
out of loyalty or whatever the case is, you know, they, they stay with the kid that they recruited early. And um, you, you saw that occur. And it, I think it's actually kind of helped the game in a weird way because it, it, it's helped non-traditional programs, you know, have success. And so for me, I don't know, I kind of view it like capitalism in a weird way. You know, it's just, you know, the, the other guys waited and they waited until kids actually got good enough to play at the college level. And they hung, they hung in there and uh, ended up picking the right players. And so, though out of principle, this, this rule might be a good thing. I, I, I just, I don't know. I just have a hard time believing it's going to make that big of a difference. You know, I think I, I, I think one thing to note about all this, like all this hoopla with recruiting and how to go get camp to go to or what tournament to go to. Um, there's a lot of confusion, especially in the non-traditional hotbed areas where the parents may not have played the sport and their kid are playing, their kids are playing it and they're trying to figure out what to do. Um, a lot of people get hung up on these on these club teams, which some are great. I think there's a lot of great club teams out there that actually develop their kids. But at the end of the day, you can go play for the greatest club team in the world, but if you're not any good, it doesn't really matter. You know, you can go to the best tournament in the world, but if you're not any good, it doesn't really matter. I think people should be investing their time and energy into actually getting good training versus focusing on going to all these tournaments. Now, go to some, you know, go to what you can afford, but don't break the bank because, you know, as we alluded to earlier, You've got YouTube, you've got, you know, all these different outlets, huddle, right? You've got all these different outlets in which you can throw a video on, in which you can, um, it, in which you can, you know, it, expose your, your capabilities. And so um, I think people should start taking a step back from this stuff and really, really think deeply about what gets someone recruited. Yeah. What gets you recruited is being good. You know, like I, I people call me all the time asking for advice, which is great. Like they should be. But at the end of the day, it always comes down to train and get good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, if you're great, I promise you it's not going to take that many tournaments or camps to, to get recruited. If you're a great player, coaches not care what club team you played for. He does not care where you came from <laughs> and um, he or she, by the way, girls, guys, doesn't matter. Uh, they're going to recruit you. You know, they love that stuff. They love when people come out of the woodwork, you know, from the middle of nowhere. They love that. You know, they, they feel they, they found a diamond in the rough. So I think I really just believe that um, people should be investing their time, energy and money into getting better and, and, uh, Save the exposure stuff to the end. If you're that good and a class is filled up, I can't imagine a coach won't say like, eh, we'll find room for you. You know, yeah. that's what that's what I believe. So I, I think, you know, all this stuff has been insane uh, for the past. I don't know what it's been decade or so uh, less than a decade, but it's been a little crazy for a while. And I think a lot of people don't know what to do. They feel like they're in the dark, understandably. I mean, I've lost track what's going on <laughs> and um i'm in the middle of this stuff and so i think just take, just invest your time in getting good and if you invest your time in getting good you know you, you'll see the results you'll see the results you might not play for the exact 
team that you, you know, maybe that you hope to play for, but you will play for a great program. And at the end of the day, you know, when I was growing up, it was like the big, you know, the, after the top eight or 10 programs, you know, the floor fell out from under you, meaning the top 10 programs in Division One lacrosse were really, really good. And then after that, it kind of dropped off. And those other teams didn't really have that great of a shot at going all the way. Now we see so many good teams out there playing Division One lacrosse that in Division Three doesn't matter what level. So now it's like you could go play for a program that's never won a title before, but they might have a shot at it. They might they might go to the tournament that year, uh, you know, which I love. And so with all this crazy nonsense of where to go and how to get exposed, throw your stuff on YouTube. Go to a, to a tournament or two that you know coaches are at and go get and spend the rest of your time actually mastering your craft and becoming good. You become good, that's it. You're set. Yep. If you don't become good, you're not set. <laughs> you got some work to do. Yeah. You know? Yep. Even, even if you do make that program, you're going to ride the pines anyway if you're not good. So go get good and let the other stuff play, you know, take care of itself, really.